tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are listening to part two of a masterclass audio session, Drop Trap, a trapper's best friend that we are doing in partnership with Neighborhood Cats, as well as Tomahawk Live Traps. If you are interested in watching the video and seeing the slides, feel free to check out the show notes. There'll be a special link that will take you where you need to go, or feel free to go to communitycatspodcast.com, click on virtual education, and that'll take you just where you need to go. Thank you so much and enjoy this master audio class. Okay. So as promised, the remote control. So this is what the remote control looks like. You see that kind of black box on the right and the little insert. So that goes on top of the drop trap. It's attached with an adapter and screwed on. So it's quite secure. And then there's a prop stick. It's a different prop stick. It goes inside the trap. The black box sticks out a little round metal rod. And that's what's holding up the drop trap. And when you hit the remote control, that little round piece of metal pulls backwards. And now there's nothing holding up the trap and it falls down. A lot of people love the remote. It allows you, you know, obviously freedom from having a string. It lets you more easily position yourself and be further away and things like that. So it's got a lot of advantages, but we're not real fans of it. <laughs> and I'll show you why. This is uh, one of the last kitties in a, about a 30 cat colony. And this is uh, set up with the remote control. So you see how he got away. And this next slide will show you the moment of truth. A little fuzzy, but you can see how the cat is moving and looking to escape before the drop trap has begun to fall. And the reason for that is because when the remote control pulls back that metal rod that's holding up the drop trap, the motor whirs. It makes a little bit of noise and it gives the cat a split second of warning that something's about to happen. And if you get a really athletic, savvy cat like this one is, they hear that motor start to move and they start to move. And that split second is enough to let them escape. Okay, so that's the problem with the remote control. You'll also remember way back in the beginning when we were talking about, we recommend the 14 pound drop trap, not the 26 pound one, and that kitten escaped. Well, that was also a remote control, and I suspect that kitten heard the motor as well, and it gave them a little bit of warning. So most of the time, nine out of 10 times, you're going to be fine, and they're not going to be alert or athletic enough to react to it and to get out. But boy, that's frustrating <laughs> when they do. But does that mean you should just abandon the remote control? And the answer to that is no, because we think a better way to use them and that is instead of setting up this drop trap in a way that it falls, you use the remote on the side door. And Tomahawk makes a special bracket that the remote control works the same way. It straps on top, it sends out a little metal peg that holds the side door up, and then it retracts the peg and the side door falls down. So there's a much smaller opening for the cats to escape. It's uh, a faster drop. 
and they're more, you know, they're further in, like they're in the corners, so it's a lot harder for them to get out. So you need that side door bracket, which is the DTR DB2. To me, that's a great use of the remote control. Now, you can probably do that with a peg and a string. I would want to practice that a few times. We've never done that, but it's pretty smooth with the remote. Since it's a bigger, more open space, the cats are more, more comfortable going into it as opposed to the normal box traps. So just having the drop trap on the ground is still pretty inviting to the cats. Notice how patient they were. They waited till there were all three cats in there and until they were all eating before they did the drop. One thing you can see they did is they lowered the side door about halfway so it would drop even faster. I would go a little higher. These things drop pretty quick. I don't think you really need to cut it down that much because the wider the opening, the more likely they're going to go in in the first place. What you want to make sure about is that that side door track is clean and that the door is going to drop smoothly. So what some people do is they take a little WD-40 and they spray, before they do the trapping, they spray the inside of the tracks of the side door and take a Q-tip and just, just takes a minute to clean it out, make sure it's well-oiled, that everything's smooth, nothing is bent. And then now here's the big trick. You want to turn the side door backwards, not in its normal position. It falls faster and a remote control is able to hold it up better if you turn it around. Make sure you do that. Okay, let's get into a little more advanced stuff, which is let's say you want to catch a mom and kittens and you've got the kittens first. This is one way you can use the drop trap. You can see the kittens are in a transfer cage. The transfer cage is covered on all sides except for the one where you see the plates are. So if mom is going to come to get to the kittens, the only way she's going to see them is she's going to have to go into a position where she would be going to if she was eating food from a plate in the center back of the trap. So the trick is to make sure you cover the three sides of the transfer cage and just have that one side open and have the kittens calling. Another trick you can try, we once had a kitten and we wanted to catch the mother, but the kitten was too weak. We couldn't put her in the drop trap. So we used a YouTube video on our phone and I recommend you get protective cover like an otter box for your phone if you're gonna do this but you can put your iPhone or smartphone under the drop trap, have a YouTube video playing kittens calling for their mother, and you might be able to draw her under the drop trap that way. That did work for us. Now, just want to talk briefly about what we call the stubborn caretaker. And those of you who are experienced probably have come upon this. And these are the caretakers who, um, no matter how often you tell them, do not touch the cats, do not try to force them into a trap because you're going to end up with very bloody arms. They just don't listen to you. You know, they're confident that they alone can pick the cats up and they can put them into a, you know, a 10 by 12 opening of a regular box trap. And almost every time somebody tries this, they get hurt. So we uh, found a way to use the drop trap to solve the stubborn caretaker problem. And that's go ahead and pick them up. But then instead of trying to force them into the back door of a box trap, throw them under the drop trap. Again, not a good idea to be handling the cats, but you know, sometimes people just don't listen to you. We've also done this when there's a cat we're after who's gone inside the house and the person's able to pick them up. So it can be very handy for that. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are, you know, real people? Look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. 
Batty's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org slash cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. It's 87 degrees outside, which means it could be more than 110 degrees inside your car. However, in most states, it's illegal to rescue animals or children from hot cars. But with only minutes to spare, many choose to rescue animals from cars at their own risk. And many owners choose gratitude. Never leave pets or children unattended in a car. Because a few minutes is never a few minutes. And minutes may be all they have. This PSA is brought to you by Capain and Animals for Reform and Equity. Team Dubert is at it again, and now they have an amazing companion case management module that once again revolutionizes how you rescue animals. Dubert partnered with Dallas Pets Alive and the Spay-Neuter Network to build a powerful solution that allows you to manage cases of any kind. Whether owner surrender calls or emails, community cat tracking and reporting, Dubert is the only system that integrates two-way text messaging, automatic follow-ups, and even a rehoming solution that every organization can use. No more trying to manage 10 different technologies when everything is all in one place and tightly integrated. From fostering to transport, fundraising to e-commerce, supply and demand to case management, Dubert has everything you need to streamline your operations so you can focus on saving more animals. Check out the new companion case management module at www.dubert.com CCM and get signed up today. Okay, so next I want to get to probably the most advanced thing that we do with drop traps. And that's what we call mass drop trapping. And I mentioned earlier the idea of cluster eating. They gather around together a large bowl or a plate. And this allows you to use a drop trap to catch multiple cats at a time. Um, It's a good way to get off to a fast start with a mass trapping. You know, you catch a bunch right away. This technique is best when you have cats that cluster together to eat. Two, there's a regular predictable feeding time, and you're dealing with a larger colony of cats. You can use it in other cases, but that's your, that's your perfect case. So this is an example of a cluster eating that can happen under a drop trap. Now, it turns out these cats were all fixed, and we were really just trying to pick out the last one or two. So we didn't really want them doing this, but this is what they do anyway. But I wanted to show you this to show you that if we had wanted to do a mass drop trap and get all these guys at the one time. It's very tricky. You know, notice how some of the tails are sticking out. Notice how one cat is uh, looking off out of the trap. So to do this in a way where nobody gets hurt and get them all, it's definitely advanced stuff. So, so that's why, you know, we want to show you this, but it's not for those of you who are drop trapping for the first time stick to one or two cats at a time until you've had some experience. This is really, you know, advanced only. And here is um, an example of when we did drop the trap and you can see it hasn't quite, we just pulled it. You can see the uh, string still in the air and the drop trap falling. But this was a cluster eating situation. And I believe there are six, six cats in this trap. They're all well inside. Nobody's tail's about to get hit. So this was a, a successful drop. Now, I want to show you another example of this technique that also combines a bunch of the other innovations that we've talked about today. So kind of makes a nice way of wrapping up. So this is the situation 
this is a, an aerial of where we were trapping. And notice how there's the rock and the debris pile over there on the right. That's where a large colony of cats lived. This was um, disposed of concrete blocks and things like that. So the cats lived in there. They lived among this pile. And then across the dirt path from the pile was a fence. And that's where they were used to eating. They would come out of the pile and go to the fence. And that slope is just a little bit of a hill that overlooks both the pile and the spot along the fence where they eat. So this is kind of the geographic layout. So here's one of the kitties. You can see this was quite a huge pile of concrete. And they, um, as I say, they lived among it and inside it. This is the fence. And you can see how close the fence is to the rock pile. And these guys, that's the only place they would eat. They would only come out and eat right at that fence. They were that routinized. And you can see the ground is kind of uneven. So that was a, a, another problem. And you can see how difficult to drop trap here because there's so little space between the pile where the cats live and where they eat. So where are you going to put your, your trappers? So here's a graphic of the same thing. You see the rock pile. You see the cats travel across that feeding area by the fence. And then there's that slope. So how do we solve this problem? And we decided we wanted to do a mass drop trapping to start us off and try to take advantage of this tendency of them to cluster eat by the fence. So this is what we did. We took a couple of drop trap pads and put them along the fence to smooth out the ground. Then we had our trappers go way down the path so they were quite far away from where the cats were eating. And then we put a spotter up on the slope who could watch the whole thing and give us a signal when to drop the traps. Now, we had that problem, which was, you can see the trappers are at a right angle. We need the drop traps to be open facing the rock pile, but that puts our trapper quite far away at a right angle. So the way we solved that is what called the drop trap 360. And that's just a dowel, a wooden dowel shoved into a 10 pound barbell. But you can see the way we were able to wrap the string around it and create an ability to pull at a right angle. So now we're, this is our final setup. We've got our spotter, we've got our drop traps, and now we have two strings wrapped around these 360s so our two trappers can pull. We caught eight cats with that drop. And then the rest of the trapping proceeded with putting out the box traps and spreading them in a kind of normal way around the area. But that got us off to a quick start. But you can see it's not for the somebody without any experience. You want to be pretty comfortable drop trapping in order to do that. And at this point, I guess uh, we can take any questions, Stacey. Excellent. So you ended it on this really exciting moment with the Trapping 360. I think we're going to have to like we have a t-shirt or something like I'm a 360 <laughs> trapper or something like that. Yeah, you there know? you go. You're, you're right. That should be like you're the Eagle Scout of uh, drop yeah. trapping. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm out here looking for questions. Do you have any information on the virtual drop trap where you control the trigger from your phone? No, basically, because we don't we don't really um, we believe in being on site. You know, the thing on your phone, the idea was you could, you know, go home and be an hour away or however long. And when the cat you wanted comes in, you can trigger it over your phone. We'd like to be there on site. If we're going to do something like that, let's just use the simple remote control. But, you know, I, I suppose you can adapt that mechanism for a drop drive if you want to. Two questions around the string. What kind of string is it that you use as well as what happens when kittens like are playing with the string? Or do you ever have kittens get kind of distracted and get in That's your great, way? Yeah, two great questions. And one of them I'm going to make sure we answer 
in the next time we do this. So the string is a nylon. Usually it's uh, about a 50 pound weight. I think to get to 75 pound, it gets a little too thick, but basically you want a good thick nylon rope. You don't want like a thin string. I mean, you can get away with anything, but a heavier rope that uh, you can get a nice good grip on is really what you want. You can get those at any, any hardware store. And yeah, you know, occasionally a cat does come along or a kitten does come along and they start playing with the string on the ground, but I've never had one play with it hard enough to actually trip the trap. These drop traps are really quite sturdy. And when you've got them propped up on a solid surface, you have 14 pounds of weight pushing that. And so we've, we've actually had adult cats climb on top of the drop trap and not set it off. Unless you've put the prop stick at a, at a really extreme angle. But if you put it straight, it's going to be pretty hard for a cat playing with the string to pull it down. Going back to your stubborn caretaker section, in that video, it did look like you had that person in control about feeding. How do you deal with the stubborn caretaker that doesn't even reduce their food usage? You know, they're like, oh, I always feed on the porch. How do you work with somebody who just won't stop feeding? Well, you pointed out two things. One is they won't stop feeding and then they won't stop feeding in a place that doesn't allow you to use the drop trap. So you got two problems there. As far as the, the feeders who won't stop, the trick is you have to get there before they do. <laughs> so that's one of the things the drop trap is good for is they don't have to be that hungry. So if you can get there before the feeder does, you're going to be able to catch the cats because they're just their normal level of hungry. You know, you may get into a back and forth with the caretaker about that. It may be tough if you're dealing with 15 or 20 cats and you have to go back several times. But if it's a few and you're just doing it once, figure out what that person's schedule is and get there earlier if you're able to do that. If it's their own property and they just won't cooperate with you, sometimes there's really nothing you can do. If they're feeding at a spot that's inconvenient, well, you know, the, you, you can be, um, we've had people feed on the stairs and then put the drop trap at the bottom of the stairs on the sidewalk. and. As long as it's along their path of travel, they'll find it. Is it a concern that some of the cats you want to trap see others getting trapped? No, they come back. It's just a question of how patient you are. So we had a trapper for a long time, Jade. She would wait for however, if she knew she was after a certain number of cats, she would drop trap a couple. She would just wait as long as it took, but they always came back eventually. Some of us are more impatient and will come back the next day. But the fact that they see a cat being trapped is not going to um, scare them away permanently. Yeah, so don't worry about that. If you've got a cat in the trap or a couple of them and, and they're good to go and there's another cat standing by, don't worry about, oh, that cat will never come back. They might not come back within an hour. You know, they might not come back till the next day, but they won't be permanently frightened. Sorry if you already covered this, but this person asks, I noticed the prop sticks in most of the slides. Is that an angle? Is there an advantage to that? I usually have mine perpendicular to the ground. Just a split second, faster drop. That's all. A little less force, but that's all. There's no tremendous advantage to it. I, th I think we do it just naturally because it's just a little bit faster. When you were talking about trapping at night, someone asks, doesn't the light scare cats at night? You would think, right? But it doesn't seem to bother them at all. Now, if you know, you've got floodlights on it and it's really blinding, then that might be a problem. But your headlamps of your car or a couple of hanging flashlights doesn't deter them at all. This is sort of a trapper's tips and tricks type question, but this person is saying that they have used urine-soaked kitty litter from a female cat in heat to trap some hard-to-trap tomcats. Yeah, exactly. That's a great trick. And what we recommend you do is 
if you can, get the urine from your spay-neuter clinic. They can identify a female cat in heat, and then they always express the bladder before the surgery. So that might be an easier way than trying to catch it in kitty litter. But that is a very effective way to draw a tomcat into any trap, but especially a drop trap. Brian and Susie, this was just a phenomenal presentation. I mean, you you go above and beyond every time. It really is. You make it fun, enjoyable, make it believe that we can all do this. And so you're certainly a prime example of turning your passion for cats into action. I want to thank you both for all that you do. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Did you attend the online kitten conference in June? We hope you enjoyed the incredible content provided by our expert presenters and hope their guidance and encouragement will help you turn your passion for cats into action. Events like the online kitten conference would not be possible without the support of our generous sponsors. CDE Animal Cages, Best Friends Animal Society, Zinzi Pie Save My Pet ID Tag, Humane Network, Feline Fixed by Five, and Cat Savant. If your business or organization would like to support content that makes a difference for cats in communities worldwide, visit communitycatspodcast.com slash event dash sponsorship.